Hey guys, welcome to Reality Witch, a podcast where I, Jesse Nails, talk all things reality, witchy, and weird. Each week, I talk about pop culture news, our favorite shows, and of course, some witchy shit. Get ready for some laughs, hot takes, and horoscopes, and join this pop culture coven. Hello, witches. I'm back. I know I took another break. I've been taking way too many breaks lately. I don't know what to tell you. I say it all the time. I am terrible at like planning ahead or getting things recorded ahead of time. I would like to do that, but I just, I like I say all the time, I get tired. I don't know how people do this. I hear some podcasters are like, on their episodes, they're like, yeah, like it's one in the morning and I'm doing this or like, what? I'm in bed by nine every night. And if I'm not like, that's like a late night. And it's like, not out of like laziness, like I'm exhausted. So maybe one day I'll get better at like planning these things out ahead of time. I hope I do. But that's why, you know, I I, sometimes if I'm busy, there's a week missing. Well, my mom was in town, so you can blame her. She came in town last Monday, which again is why like the Wednesday episode wasn't out. And also the real reason the Wednesday episode wasn't out is because the reason she came out was because we had a wedding on Tuesday night up in Breckenridge. It's like one of those situations where it's like all of her friends and their kids and we just call each other like cousins when we're talking about them because it's a lot easier than saying my mom's friend's kid. And like it's, that makes it seem like it's very impersonal. So I'm just going to be saying cousins. So my cousin's wedding in the mountains in Breckenridge. We went up there Tuesday night. The altitude was killer. Like, so it was at this place called the Lodge at Breckenridge. And I've been to Breck, obviously, like a million times. And fine. And then this goes up even higher. So I guess, I don't know, on their website, it says it's like one of the highest hotels in the world or the country. I don't fucking know. So we get out. out. My mom's like already like feeling like a little lightheaded, which is like to be expected. We check in. They're selling oxygen tank things. So we bought some of those. Um, And then like I bend over to like get my suitcase. Like every time I stand up, like I'm getting lightheaded. So I already know this probably isn't like a great start. My That happens to me all the time anyway. So it was pretty bad up there. Um, But for whatever reason, they say drinking makes it worse. Maybe they mean like after drinking makes it worse. Because as soon as I start drinking, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, So there was the wedding. The view was amazing. The weather like held up. It was a little windy at times, but it was really nice. Um, There was this like after party at one of like the cabins where all the kids went and this one kid is starting to set up a drinking game with all the cups and stuff and I was like oh let's play flip cup because you know that's flip cup's the best game to play at a party it just is like people want to play pong pong's great but like if you want to get everyone involved flip cup is with unlimited number of people well so is this other game but the Gen Zer kept calling it boom he's like who wants to play boom everyone's like what the fuck is boom so he starts like te- like acting it out. And I'm like, wait, I've played this game before. It's not Boom. It's called Chandelier. And so I called him like Gen Z because he was calling a game 
chandelier the game chandelier boom would love to know where that came from and because i called him gen z he then asked how old i was so i did my you know how old do you think i am (laughs) and he said 23 now was he lying maybe i don't know but i'm gonna pretend he wasn't i mean gen z is just a group of bunch of savages and i don't think he'd lie gen z would be like "Mm, you look like a good 35 or like it's one of those like a Gen Zer would definitely say like you either look like a good forty or a bad thirty, you know what I mean? So the, I mean it, the fact that he said I was twenty three, like I, I'm gonna go with that he wasn't lying. So then I turned to my other cousin and tell her, and she said the only reason he said that is because I have butterfly clips in my hair, and I was like thanks, bitch, which I did have butterfly clips in my hair because honestly I'm gonna give you all a tip, any girls out there. I got these cute, you know, 90s butterfly clips for just, like, certain hairstyles. Like, I just think they look really cute. Like, and I like to wear my hair up in, like, two little ponies or whatever. Well, I've been just clipping my hair back with them, like, the front pieces. And, like, I'll do, like, two on one side and two on the other. But, like, the same piece of hair, if that makes sense. And And it is, like, the best. Because I like when my hair is down, but I hate when my hair is behind my ears. And if it's not behind my ears, it hangs in my face and gets, like, staticky and sticks to my face. So go on Amazon, buy these fucking butterfly clips for like $5. You get a shit ton. They're really cute colors and you'll get compliments on them. But that's not why I looked 23. I'm just going to go on the, the record and say that. Um, but anyway, it's not boom. So I, this is just my announcement to Gen Z to stop thinking you invent shit because Chandelier has been around forever. And then he got upset because, like, no one was, like, listening. He was trying to explain to people how to play, which, like, good for him. But, like, everyone was, like, blacked out. Everyone was like, what? Like, they could not understand. And I was like, bro. Like, Chandelier is one of my favorite games. Like, he's definitely not also, like, Gen Z or, like, he was getting, like, so upset. And, like, he was just really sad that no one wanted to learn. Like, you know, it hurt his feelings. I was like, look, dude, like, Chandelier is, like, one of my favorite games. It's wild. It gets messy. You can slap the fuck out of that cup. Like, Chandelier is really fun. And it's really competitive. But, like, there's just no teaching these blacked out turds how to play. Like, we could barely organize Flip Cup game, which is, quite frankly, the most simple game to play. Like, and that was almost not happening. And, like, after, like, two Flip Cup games, everyone just, like, dissolved away from the table. So imagine learning a new game. But, anyway. It was fun, but I was so hungover the next day, so hungover, and I had to drive over an hour down the mountain, and I just, like, don't know why I was hungover. Like, I just think the altitude fucked me. Like, I just had, like, some vodka sodas. I was also drinking water in between. I've definitely drank more, that's for sure, and I just was not feeling good the next day. So even if I wanted to record a podcast Wednesday night, like it was not fucking happening. Um, but I had the rest of the week last week. I was just working. We did start watching Gener- Generation Drag. It is so cute. So Discovery Plus has this whole section for Pride Month. I don't know if it's on like TV or cable and if it is like what channel, just because I just was on Discovery Plus. Um, and it's so cute. It's about these kids. Some of them trans, basically they're just part of the LGBTQA plus community. Like some of them are trans, some of them are gay. Um, 
Some of them are non-binary and they all are into drag. And it's cool. It's called Drag uh, Drag And a lot of the kids and the event takes place in Denver. So that was cool. But it's just really sweet. I definitely recommend watching it. The kids are sweet. Like, and it's like, you think to yourself, how could people would be so mean to, like, be mean to people like them? Like, they're just, like, the cutest, babiest angels of all time. And their parents are really awesome, too. So it's not really, like, that sad. You know what I mean? Because, like, the, the families are so great. So that makes it really nice to watch. Um, so we were watching that all week. Then we got facials. It was my mom's first facial. If you aren't getting facials, what are you doing? And this is not coming from a bougie standpoint. I just had my first facial not that long ago. And I immediately was like, what the fuck was I waiting for? I feel like growing up, they tell you like, oh, facials make you break out. It brings everything to the surface. Your skin's going to be like shit for a while. Like what? Who told us that? That's like when like our parents told us that we couldn't put the light on in the car. Like, that's a lie. My skin glows from the heavens when I get out of there. And even when I'm like cleaning out my pores, like I got like I got one where they completely like just cleaned out my pores. Like that was fine. Like again, skin was clear. So I don't know what people are talking about. Go get one. They massage your neck, your shoulders, your hands. Obviously, they massage your face. I mean, it's amazing. My girl was a little chatty and she almost ripped the earrings out of my ears a few times, but that's fine. I got these, I think I told you guys in one of the episodes, I got my second hole pierced and I have these cute little spider earrings. Well, I didn't realize, you know, a spider has eight legs, eight feet and towels love the feet. So she was putting like the headband on and then she kept like drying my face and I was getting caught and like she, I explained to her like, you gotta be careful and I think she was just kind of like a little crazy, not like in a bad way. She was just like energetic. She was talking to me a lot. Like I just like to sit there. And then on Saturday we went wedding dress shopping and I fucking found a dress. I said yes to the dress. Thank God they did not make me hold up a stupid sign that said that because I would have been so awkward. Um, I love it. I'm not going to describe it because you know, it's a surprise in a year and a half. You'll, you'll guys, everyone will see it maybe if we're still kicking. Um, but I'm just glad I found one. I only made two appointments to places. I just like, didn't want to go out when people, women are like, Oh, I tried on a million dresses. I'm like, how I went to two places was sweating and exhausted at the end of each of them because these dresses are heavy. You're like stepping in, stepping out, walking, turning, twisting, like you're getting squuzzed into them because they don't fit. So they're just like clamping them to make it look like they fit. It's a lot. But I'm just glad I found it and I really love it. And there's there was like no ifs about it. Like there was no like, oh, I don't know if I like it anymore. Like I fucking love it. And then since then, the week's been pretty normal so far. Thank God. You know, as much as I just like can't stand my nine to five, it like working just makes you be in a routine. And I do like a routine. Now, would I want that routine to be something else? Yes, I would. I like I would that's the thing like if I had like a different business like if I had like this like if I could do a podcast every day or like I don't know worked on like a brand every day whatever I would definitely still do it like Monday through Friday like I know I would because I like a routine I just you know just don't need to work for like a tech company you know oh one thing 
So I have these crows outside my house and I love them. Like I think they're cute. Well, I just had one for a while and they say crows can recognize faces. He likes something and I've been cleaning out my garden and there's like a pile of like weeds and like kind of like composty stuff. So they've been liking that. And he comes around every single day, a lot of times in the afternoon. Um, he squawks a lot, eats something, sits on the f- fence. Like if I let the dog out, flies away, but like just like goes up into like a little bit higher of a tree. Well, this morning there was three of them out there. So the usual one that I can tell because he's pretty big. There's like kind of like two smaller ones and they were had their head in the sprinkler. Like it was honestly adorable. They were like cleaning themselves and drinking the water, but like their heads were legit just fucking in the sprinkler. Well, then I had to go out and because I had to go to my workout class this morning. I just like walked past them. They kind of start to fly away. But the big one that, you know, my friend went up on an electrical line, like right above the garage door and was like literally like looking at me and screaming. And like, then I got a little scared because, you know, you guys ever see like the birds movie? Like, I was like, is homie about to just like dive at me? Like, I'm not trying to hurt your friends. Like, I just need to get out of here. So I meant to like Google like behaviors of crows and humans. But I forgot. And there's really no point to me telling you that other than like, I just want you all to know that I have a crow friend that now might be a foe based off of his behavior this morning. So we'll see how tomorrow morning goes. I'm sure he'll be out there and I have to go to the class again. So we'll see how things go. Um, But I also like really like birds. So I'm kind of a rare person. I would love a pet bird. Um, A lot of people don't like birds. I'm not sure why. I think they're beautiful. I love the sound of a chirping. I mean, crows, the the sound a crow makes is not beautiful. It's a little strange, but I think because I like birds so much, I just, I just like it. But so what's on the show, people? So for news, we're going to touch on a lot of things. Brittany got fucking married. Patrick Somers. I know that seems like old news, but you know, we haven't been around. Um, this This Marilyn and Kim K dress, Mormon moms. For shows, we're going to talk about Sister Wives, Real Housewives of Dubai, I almost said Dallas, and Beverly Hills, and then the witchy shit. Okay, guys, before we dive into the news, I wanted to do another like pop culture throwback like I did last time. Um... I also can't take full credit for this. My friend keeps like giving me good ideas for this. And this is just a little thing I'm going to talk about every so often to bring back nostalgia, to make us remember a simpler time. And this week it is figured out the game show. Remember that fucking game show where they were like, close your ears and eyes if you want to play along. And I used to get like so mad if I like had already seen the episode or I like didn't close my ears and eyes quick enough because I loved playing along. And it was hosted by Summer Sanders, and she ran it for four seasons from July of 1997 to December of 1999. Whenever I see dates like that, it's kind of like wild to me because I only really remember what remember it with. Yeah, like I, I remember it being older, I guess I should say, like, I feel like I feel like I was older than nine when I was watching it, but I guess not. Um, It did get revived. Uh, revived in 2012 but like i mean we don't need to talk about summer sanders was like the best wasn't she like a fucking like olympian hold on let me see she's an american sports commentator yes she was a swimmer and olympic champion in 1992 
So it's described as children with special skills or unique achievements compete as contestants on the show, as contestants on the show, while our panel of four Nickelodeon celebrities try to guess their predetermined phrase that describes the contestant's talent. I mean, special skills. One episode that just sticks out to me for some reason is the kid that had his like sibling eat cereal out of his belly because he could like get he was like had a dip in his sternum you know like you know when, like guys I, I knew like two people in high school with that so he could like make it dip in really far and the sister would put cereal and milk in it and he would eat out of it with a spoon like it's fucking that's fucking sick um let's go through like do they have a list of some of the panelists okay so there was amanda Bynes, Lori beth dinberg remember her where's she at um danny temporelli remember what was that that show oh p and p oh my god so good they had like the best people on there and then they would get like things would come out on that like conveyor belt and that like train and then people would get slimed and then they would like whisper like if danny says the word poop and like they he'd for he'd always say it and then he'd get slimed Oh my god, it says in several episodes, Cousin Skeeter also was in the panel. What a fucking show. I actually, so I found a box of toys in the basement that I moved with, and they were all my Rugrats toys. I'm obsessed with them. And for some reason, I've always kept this puppet of Cousin Skeeter, and I can put the fingers, like, into the back of his pants and make him walk. Like, do not ask me why I have kept that. I probably got it in a fucking Happy Meal. Okay, wait a second. There was famous contestants. In 1998, Hunter Hayes was a contestant on Figure It Out when he was six years old. His talent was playing the accordion and singing. Well, I will be Googling that. Oh, my God. Sam Roberts, host of Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM, appeared on an episode in season two. His talent was flipping quarters off of his ankle. I feel like I remember that. Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs was a prize winner in episode 13 of season one. Gentry Hakibu, I can't say that right. Um, better is a rapper, better known as One OK. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It seems like it's simple enough, but not positive. Was a contestant winner, and her talent was being a shovel racing champion. <laughs> wow, what a surprise! But anyway, I just wanted to bring that memory back into into your heads because it's a good one and i will be watching youtube videos of figure it out in the future britney spears is married i mean thank god good for her she got married on a thursday it's kind of wild that all these celebrities like don't get married on the weekends i wonder if it's because like the people they would invite or want there maybe are busy on the weekends maybe it's like throw people off like i don't know it just seems bizarre um, but she got married at her house. There obviously was some drama. Her fucking ex-husband got arrested at the scene, somehow got into her house. Like, I know the wedding was at the house, but she had security. He walked right in. They had to tackle him to the ground. She now has a restraining order against him, which, thank God, it kind of sucks she didn't have him before, because then I guess he would just go to jail. But, like, that's scary. Like, homie, you, that's, the ship has sailed. They were married for such a short period of time. Wasn't they married for like 24 hours or something? Like it was like a Vegas ceremony. So that happened. She claimed she had a panic attack the day of her wedding in her one of her like long Instagram posts. I don't know if it's related to that or if she just had a panic attack. 
Um, so that sucks, but at least they got him out. I did hear she fired her security team, and as she should, uh, someone just walked through the fucking front door. Um, so the wedding, I'm reading this, one of the articles, the wedding was attended by high-profile names, Madonna, Selena Gomez, Drew Barrymore, Paris Hilton, um, also Kathy Hilton. Allegedly, Paris Hilton turned down a DJing event for President Joe Biden just so she could attend. Honestly, good move. I would have done the same. Choose uh, sitting with, like, doing something for Joe Biden while he probably falls asleep or going to Britney Spears' wedding. You're, I'm going to Britney Spears' wedding every day of the week. So everyone was talking about that, obviously, her family wasn't there. Her mom and her sister were not invited. But for some reason, people thought her brother, Brian, was invited. Um, I, but he didn't go because of, like, a conflict. When I heard those rumors, I was like, there's no fucking way. Brian's a fucking dick. He completely supported the conservatorship. He was on a podcast, like, not that long before the conservatorship went away, saying, you think, like, you know, here's this girl who hasn't taken care of herself her whole life. You know, she's had people cook for her, clean for her, get her food, get her groceries, do her dishes. Like, you know, do you think, I just think it's good for her to, like, like, she needs help with all those things. Basically making her seem like a fucking, like, idiot. So he is an ass. So I was, like, surprised when all these things came out that said he was there. But it obviously was incorrect. Also, I would just like to point out that, like, as I'm scrolling, everyone in this fucking Spears family is fugly. Like, Brittany got blessed with every fucking good quality she possibly could get because everyone looks terrible. So, basically, Brian's girlfriend, this girl, Amberlynn Coughlin, whatever, her fuck, that's weird, told an Instagram follower that Brian was unable to attend nuptials due to a scheduling conflict involving his daughter, Lexi. Um, she said, ironically, Lexi had her fifth grade graduation and we couldn't help the timings. Brian felt terrible. And she's basically kind of like doing like an overkill. Like we send Brittany our love, blah, blah, blah. So Brittany saw this in one of her posts and said, it says the singer kicked off the post by recalling how fun her reception was, saying that she, Madonna and Selena fell over because of the rose petals she used in the decor. Quote, and no, I didn't drink one sip of alcohol. She went on to clarify adding that being unable to drink for 13 years has impacted her alcohol tolerance. I can't drink a lot. True story. The 13 years of being in conservatorship, I was drug tested at least three times a week. I don't even really like alcohol. Meanwhile, I heard that my dad would go to bars every night and my brother had his shrimp salad with a Jack and Coke every night in Vegas after my show and even sometimes before. He would never even let me have a sip. You let your five-year-old daughter put her hand in her mother's wine and be silly. Yet when I get off stage for the third time that week and my little feet have been in heels, I walk to the only table in my suite and you tell me no. My question is this, why? Let's talk about it. Is it the powerful feeling dad got my whole life and literally making me feel like absolutely nothing? She added before comparing her dad's treatment of her to the way police officers bully people. Brittany then said that she'd been excited to have a drink when she went to Vegas last month, but quickly discovered that her tolerance to alcohol had waned and just half a cup of vodka and Sprite upset her stomach for two days. I mean, that sucks. That's like, if you, th- yeah, it's like, that's like when you first start drinking. Oh my God, the fucking cars. That's like when you first start drinking. Like when you're like, I mean, in seventh grade, you had half a smear off ice and I was on the floor. She admitted is this like car fucking for real? Jeez, okay. 
She admitted to being a little bitter about it because she used to be able to have fun with alcohol and now she either gets sick or falls asleep. I wish I could play that bad girl my family wants me to play, but honestly, I'm too old for this shit. Um, and then she name-checked Brian again as she mentioned his 2020 appearance on the As Not, on, seen on, as seen, as not seen on TV podcast writing. And Brian, your podcast interview was so special. I know you and the family had no bad intentions at all whatsoever, taking all those years away when I wanted to honestly just be respected individual, individual with a glass of red wine. Um, Brian, when asked by that incredibly kind man, why doesn't your family let her be? Your response was she can't even make a dinner reservation. Yeah, that's like what I was just talking about that interview. He was like a fucking asshole. None of you ever wanted it to end because you all loved telling me what to do and treating me like absolutely nothing. Um, and then she said, you were never invited to my wedding. So why even respond? Do you honestly think I want my brother there who told me no to a Jack and Coke for four years? What? If we were going to drink together at the wedding and play the classy roles for our children like you and mom do, as you people literally hid coffee and alcohol when I would come home, you hurt me and you know it. I might force myself to drink Jack tonight, look up at the moon and say, fuck you. I mean, Brittany knows how to do the savage captions. P.S. I have an assistant to make my dinner reservations. Go fuck yourself, Brian. Fuck you. I mean, love it. Like, she has a fucking assistant, and you don't because you're a fucking hillbilly. So that confirmed what I thought. I was very confused. I was like, there's no fucking way she invited that brother. Like, there's just no way. So there was that. But aside from that drama, we knew there was going to be some drama. Um, Let's talk about the wedding itself. So the aesthetic. I actually really liked it. I wouldn't do it for myself. Like, it's just not my aesthetic and my vibe, but I do like, like, people will be shocked by this. It's like, what's your favorite color? It's like, well, it's either black or pink. Like, I love the color pink. Like, I think pink is just really pretty. So I liked the whole fairy tale, like the flowers. Like, I think, like, the front of her house was decorated really cool. She has, like, a balcony out front, and there's all these cool, like, pretty flowers. It was very, like, fairy tale whimsical, and she has these, like, vines growing up, these pillars of her house. She had a horse and carriage. And then the tent was like on site at her house and inside the tent was like, it was like draped, pink drapes, lots of rose petals. And again, I feel like it was all, at least the pictures make it look like it was all very pinky, white, really pretty. I could have, the, the hair, makeup and dress was a little eh for me. I guess the dress was okay. It fit her well. It looked nice. She had a weird choker on. I don't know. I love a choker too, but I just don't know if I loved it. I just, I don't know what is going on with this hair. Like she had professional hair that day and it still just didn't look right. Like someone go in there and fuck, like people get extensions every day. Like someone go in there and fucking fix it. The makeup was done by um, Charlotte Tilbury's niece, Sophia, who I have followed for years. I'm obsessed with her. I love the Charlotte Tilbury makeup aesthetic. It's always really glowy, like, but glowy and not like in like a tacky way, like, I don't know. It's really pretty. Like sometimes there's like, it's like glittery and shimmery, but like really classy. I mean, now I know we didn't see any like close ups, but again, the makeup just didn't like, it just looked like she had like a bare face, but without like, I don't know, but like with like mascara on. So I just wasn't, she looked pretty. I just like, I was like, wow, Sophia from Charlotte Tilbury did her makeup. Like I just expected like a little bit more. Um, so I guess her kids weren't there. 
which I don't know. I still think that's like kind of surprising. Like, I mean, I guess they just really didn't want to go because I'm sure she would have loved them there. Um, there is like a prenup of sorts. Like Sam has made it very clear. He doesn't want any of her money. And I mean, homeboy lasted this long. Like he's fucking in it. He's in it till the end. Like, come on. Um, he's not in it for money. So he went through all that bullshit for the last how many years he's, and now she's out of it. Like things were only going to get better. So, and right after the wedding, they moved. Good. The energy in that house was probably terrible. Get out of there. Get somewhere new. She's closer to K-Fed and the kids. And hopefully this will just be like a good start. All right. I'm not going to like go into detail this Patrick Sommers shit because it's probably it's been beaten a million times since it came out like two weeks ago now. But reminder, it is Patrick Sommers came out on Instagram accusing, you know, Kathy Hilton of being racist blah 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 whatever and he released lisa rinna's number but then retracted and said like he never met lisa rinna and that he was paid by kathy hilton to do all this and he but then goes on to say like he is in pr for high uh for high profile clients but then like if you're in if that's what your job is and you're exposing your client like you're never going to work again so it was all very suspicious um and the account that like initially like released it like your mom's a bravo or something i don't know something like that like that was suspicious like how, how did they how, why did he message them back like now their account's huge and they got all these followers for it i still think i think lisa Rinna's involved because basically all this back and forth came out and then he finally admitted that like Okay, he actually was paid off by Lisa Rinna. Like, either this is just one big scam of, like, this guy just wants to be famous, which that is definitely plausible, or Lisa Rinna did it. I don't think Kathy Hilton is paying someone $24,000 to, like, maybe to, like, clear her name or do something more interesting, but to come up with, like, a weird lie that, like, is very easily traced to not being true. So, I don't know. We'll talk about Beverly Hills later. I just, like, this shit's so stupid. Like, Lisa Renna just goes off on social media constantly, and it's just, like, it ruins the show. Like, we're not even there yet, and we're already talking about it. Like, we still have to wait until this scene comes up, you know? So, I don't know. I just don't trust Lisa Renna. All right, let's, like, talk about this Mormon mom talk talk as as well as i can i am removed from this obviously because i'm not a mom talk if i was ever on mom talk i would delete the app if i couldn't get off of it and especially especially mormon mom talk so i guess there is this woman taylor frankie paul she is a mommy influencer her and her group of friends and her husband are famous on tiktok um, just for doing dance, the typical doing dances, being a mom, you know, super raw and being like really fit and skinny. She's 28 years old, TikToker mother of two, and she blew up mom talk community in Draper, Utah, when she recently revealed that she and her husband were getting a divorce after soft swinging with her friend group. Um, so like I said, she has 3.5 million followers and mostly will post dance videos with the occasional appearance of her soon to be ex-husband Tate Paul. Why do like, I feel like aren't those like the most like Mormon names or like really like, you know, Christian names, like 
kind of like um like the duck dynasty people like sadie robinson like a tate and a taylor like that just sounds very like religious um oh my god they're two young kids indy and ocean kill me lala kent was probably like we're gonna name our daughter ocean and no one else in the world is and this bitch has a daughter named ocean my god um so then she also does choreographed routines with a group of like-minded mormon tiktok moms including camille monday miranda mcwarder and she often jokes that they are her sister wives according to taylor she has a group of unnamed friends and their husbands she says the majority of mom talk was not involved oh okay so the people that we see on tiktok probably like aren't the ones involved in this and so this other group of friends they were all soft swinging together Now their friend group appears to be in shambles after Taylor fell in love with one of the husbands she was swinging with, and other mom talkers are scrambling to deny their involvement. The drama is still unfolding, but it just keeps getting more confusing. So on May 20th, she used like a lip sync video to reveal that she was separating from her husband. Um, She showed what appeared to be a new set of keys standing in an empty home. So I did like stalk her and the videos haven't stopped. Like she's just joking about it, which is like whatever, teach their own. But it is interesting that this is how she's like releasing all this info. So she put up these videos. She hinted that there was more to the end of her marriage. Um two days later after that she revealed her divorce was a fallout of a soft swinging situation. Um They've been in an open, she said they were in an open relationship and had an agreement with other couples in their friend group. She was careful not to name any names. Um, the whole group was intimate with each other. However, Taylor admits she did violate the group's soft swinging policies. To be honest, we had an agreement, like all of us, and I did step out of that agreement. Um, okay. So interesting. Hold on. She said, it wasn't like I was going around hooking up with my friend's husband. It was like we were at a party. I got belligerent and we went and messed around by ourselves rather than the whole group. And Taylor insisted that it was a one-time thing, but also admitted that she had, she and the unnamed man had feelings for each other. And she's now being shunned by her friends. And, but she added no one's innocent and they kind of like all mess around. Okay. So I keep hearing about this, so I tried to, like, just do some quick research because I don't want to watch too many of her TikToks and get stuck on it, and I just, sometimes my brain doesn't have the capacity to take in, like, this much information. So, like I said, she's, like, this cute, skinny girl, like, she has the, like, Beerman hair, like, that fake, long, thick, I just don't know if her hair's fake, but it looked, it looks like that, you know, with the curls. She claims to be Mormon, but then also, admittedly, is in an open relationship, and that is confusing to me. Like, I went pretty far back in her TikToks. Like, she didn't come out. It says she said they were soft swinging, like, on May 25th. If you go back to any of her videos, like, they slept in separate beds. Like, she talked about not believing in monogamy. Like, she said that they were in an open relationship, and this was, like, in eight, March and April. So, she's been talking about this <coughs> for a while, and that's also confusing to me. Um, she said she lost her whole group of friends because of it. Everyone's been intimate with each other, like I just said that. Um, and one, she's prepping to do some podcasts, so I'm sure she's saving that story for a pretty penny for somebody. Um, I'm sure fucking Alex Cooper will talk to her 
Because for every reason, that's where the rejects go to talk. Like, go somewhere else. Like, no one wants to have to download Caller Daddy again on their Spotify. Like, I know I don't. So please, like, talk to somebody else. Do I want to talk to her? Probably not. I know I'm not an option, most likely. But, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's social media. Like, I know she put on a front, but, like, she clearly was a swinger. We know from uh, Whitney Wild Rose on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, there is a swinging community in Utah. Honestly, Mormons are the are wild. They are weirder than anybody. I mean, and I know we all know this, but it's like you think they're super strict and like like holier than thou, and like get married when they're eighteen, and then you just find out they're doing weird shit from day one. Not that swinging is weird it's just like it's just opposite of what you think they would do so now we'll see what happens to this bitch i'm sure she'll be fucking fine denise richard's daughter is now on OnlyFans. this is the daughter that moved out like a year ago to live with charlie sheen and apparently charlie sheen called denise richards screaming at her telling her it was her fault charlie sheen has no leg to stand on here he's a fucking also a lunatic so I think there's probably a hundred reasons why she's on OnlyFans and Denise Richards is, Denise Richards, like, existing is probably not on there. So, I don't know. Just wanted to point that out. Mama June's fucking losing it again. So, I'm watching the show. She's losing it in the show. What's wild is that, like, right now it came out, you know, the other week that she got Pumpkin now as custody of Alana. Mama June is now married to some random guy. And this guy that she's now engaged to on the show isn't that guy. That's how quickly this bitch is moving around. And now she keeps going live with him saying they're great. They're so happy. You know, it's whatever. It's Alana's decision to do what she wants to do. And she's like, she's also doing this on the show right now, but she's kind of doing this thing where she's like doing like cameos or meet and greets to make money and like, quote, like make people happy or brighten their day. Like, bitch, no one wants to see you. And like, the boyfriend or husband, whatever they are, I don't know if they got married. They look, they don't look sober, is what I'm going to say. I mean, I just still can't get over this, like, Mama June shit. Like, I just can't. Like, she was, like, when she was, like, with Sugar Bear, she just seemed like mom of the year. Like, her and all the girls were so close. It's just wild. No one probably watched this anymore. I put up a TikTok of it. And I was like, does anyone else still watch this? And I had about five people say, like, yes, I still watch it. But. Just letting you guys know that Mama June is still cry. Lastly, we're going to talk about this Kim K. Marilyn Monroe dress. And it's going to be the last fucking time I talk about it. A la Crystal. Let me be very clear. I'm going to talk about it now. And it's never to be brought up again. Um, so she ruined the dress. It's come to everyone's attention. The dress is fucked. I mean, there's pulls. There's rips. There's beads missing. All of the above. And everyone's losing their shit. A piece of historical, like, fashion is ruined. A historic, someone loses, a historical artifact is ruined. Like, come on, people. Okay, we're, I'm going to list off some reasons why this is bullshit. And all of them don't do not come from me wanting to defend Kim. I don't give a shit. Kim Kardashian does not need to be defended. That's not what I'm doing here. It's just a little... It's not lost on me that literally they keep saying history, 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 history. The this history of this dress, the this historical artifact, 
you know, history and fashion all ruined. Okay. I made a TikTok and people, I realized TikTok people can't interpret anything. They take everything as, they take everything literally. And even when I put a caption, they don't read the caption. So then I have to do like a respond video. God, my throat was so scratchy. I think from allergies. And I was going to take it down because people like weren't getting it. But then I was like, you know what? No, I'm not taking it down. I think it'll just stop blowing up. But I'm not taking it down because my opinion still stands. So I basically said, like, I think the same people that are really worried about the history of the stress are the same people that ignore certain aspects of American history, like, you know, racist history and are also the same people that only care about like the history of like racist statues and i just kind of use it my caption said like i'm just pointing out the irony like i guess i just shouldn't have used race as an example but i'm just pointing out the irony in that literally our country is now banning certain aspects of our history to be taught because they don't want to hear about it or don't think our kids want to learn about it but then like the history of this fucking Marilyn Monroe dress is taking everybody by storm. Like it is consuming everybody. Everybody's pissed. Everyone's up in arms. Meanwhile, I didn't know about slavery until I was 30 years old because my school didn't teach me. They didn't teach us that. I had to like, I, and I didn't realize they didn't really teach us all the details. And I had to teach myself. Like, that's what I meant by it. Like, also there's bigger shit going on right now. Like, I just don't care about this dress. Like, I just don't. Like, like stop talking about, like, we have to fix a lot of other shit. I mean, this is getting more airtime than the school shootings, than, than gun control at this point. I mean, we all saw her get shoved in there. We knew something wasn't right. And for fuck's sakes, it's in the Ripley's Museum. I don't, I think the problem here is that a lot of people haven't been to a Ripley's Museum. I don't know if it's just an East Coast thing. I don't know if it's just a boardwalk thing, but they aren't exactly the Smithsonian. Okay. They have, I told you, they have animatronic sharks coming out of the side of the building. They have, um, you know, a replica of Shaq's hand that you can match up to your hand. They have like a mirror, the one kicker that everyone thinks is real funny. At the end of the one I used to go to, so there was this guy who was in Ripley's for being able to make a million faces, like a million facial expressions. Holy shit. Um, They say, can you try and make these facial expressions? And you're looking in a mirror and you're making all these funny faces and you're trying to make your contour your face. Well, you walk out and you're like, it's a double mirror and everyone in the lobby is watching you make the faces. That is a Ripley's museum. Like it's it's not glamorous, and I can imagine the one in Florida is no better. Quite frankly, is probably worse than the one in Ocean City, Maryland. Okay, that's what we're working with here, people. The Ripley's Museum. Why did they buy the dress and no one else did? I don't fucking know, but it was their dress, and they let her wear it, and we need to stop talking about it. Was it a mistake? Probably. But it's over with. It's done with. You're so worried about the history of the world. Work on something else because this is a fucking dress and I'm tired of it. And I'm also tired of TikTok being idiots. People were calling like calling me like the white savior. Like, oh, it's giving very white savior. 
like girl bye and then people were just being like oh white women white women no i'm not trying to like like this wasn't like a, a a play like i wasn't trying to like make something racist that wasn't racist like people were just missing the point like that and that's the one thing about tiktok where people just don't they don't get any points and i you think i now i would have known i would have learned that everyone takes everything so literally like no one knows what the word example means like they don't know what an example of something is um they take everything as truth so like people and then people were just getting so offended which honestly again proved my point even more that we care too much about this dress like Actually, um, you can care about, like, racist history, but then also care about this at the same time. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. Like, people were getting, like, so offended. And I just want to say, everyone that's really worried about this Marilyn Monroe dress, just fuck off. Turn on CNN. You know, Google, like, domestic terrorist attacks. Google white supremacists and figure out what else is going on in the world. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm over Marilyn Monroe's fucking dress and Kim's fat ass. Okay, let's talk about some shows. So I'm not going to recap Welcome to Platteville. I actually took notes on the, I know I'm behind because I only recapped two. I have notes for the next two and I'm going to put them on Patreon. Really going to try and record. Because they're really quick to just kind of talk about and post. So I'm really going to try and record them tomorrow and post them. So I'll let you guys know. So we're not going to talk about Plathville today. I do just want to touch on Sister Wives. Because like I said, it's back. There's two episodes. They're all pretty gross. I went over like the couples last episode. Um, Garrick, the fucking weird one. I mean, I guess they're all weird, but oh my God, I have like the worst indigestion because I'm drinking, I'm basically drinking a mimosa and I just had to take Gaviscon after I already took an acid pill because my heartburn has been raging all week. I think it's because I had pizza this weekend, which shouldn't really do it, but sometimes, sometimes does, sometimes it does and you just can't, you just can't uh, recover. Anyway, so Garrick and his wife, I forget her name too. Is it Danielle? Something, whatever. They have the sister wife in Brazil. They call her Bert. Her name's Roberta. And last season, Garrick's wife had to divorce him so he could marry Bert and get her over there. She was having a fucking meltdown. She was most insecure, like, timid. And I hope she saw comments about her being, like, a little, like, the equivalent of, like, a little bitch boy. Like, that was her. Just, like, she didn't, you could tell she didn't want to do this, but she was just listening to him. Well, she had a glow up. She realized she needed to step up her game. And what she did, sorry. Just telling it how it is. Berta has adult braces, but was still hotter than the wife. Let me look up her name. Okay, it was Danielle. Um, so yeah, she has a glow up. She looks a lot better. And now they're looking for a third wife. And Danielle's playing a game. She's playing a fucking game because she's she said, you know, we're thinking about getting a third wife. Roberta isn't in the United States yet because of first COVID and then her mom got really sick. So she's taking care of her mom. Well, Danielle's idea of getting a third sister wife. So when one wife is with Garrick, the other wife has company. Well, Bert doesn't like this. They found this nice woman in California who has been in plural families before. 
Um, they're kind of like courting her, which ugh, I fucking hate that word, but that's basically what they're doing. Like they're like dating, I guess. And Bert is not very nice to her. Um, she doesn't really want to get to know her. And Tin yells like, you know, Roberta might get a little jealous, but she's just going to have to deal with it. And it's like, Danielle, I'm telling you, she had, she, I think jokes on everyone now, except Danielle. I, I'm telling you, she watched last season. She said, you know what? She read the comments. She said, I'm, she said, fuck these people. I'm going to go to the hair salon. I'm going to fill in my eyebrows and I'm going to learn how to contour. And I'm going to say fuck you to everybody, but I'm still going to be on a show and be famous and make Bert's life a living hell because she made mine a living hell. Because we all know last season, Roberta had sex with Garrick when they said they weren't going to. And it re- she like pretended she didn't care and then was like sobbing afterwards. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when Berta's going to get over here. I don't even know if she comes over like this season. I haven't really seen any like spoilers or previews, but that's just super interesting. They are definitely the couple to watch because they were just so bad last season. Like he's disgusting. He's a fucking pig. This other couple, like his kids, the kids hate him. Like your lifestyle is disgusting. Like it's a pretty savage season. I need to rewatch both the episodes. So I was kind of like watching with my mom and talking at the same time. But this is just like your PSA to watch Seeking Sister Wife. Honestly, even if you start from season one, it's just good. It's weird. It's weird in all the good ways. And you know what? I'm not, might as well say this now. I don't know if I've said it before. I'm, if you want to have multiple partners, do it. I don't care. Who am I to say? I can't be a supporter. You know, it's Pride Month. I can't be a supporter of love is love, love who you want, be who you want. And, and say no to poor old marriage. I don't care. Honestly, I guess like for tax reasons, I might get it. I'm kind of confused why it's illegal. Now, let's not get into more, the Mormon of it all and like marrying 15 year olds or having like 100 children. That's, that's weird, but I guess you can't really limit that, limit how many kids people have. That I don't agree with. I think that's disgusting. But these people that, you know, they just want to have three or four wives. The wives just want to have some companions and friends. They're all a little bit older. So, like, some of them can still have kids. But, like, I think for the most part, some of them are, like, done. So, you know, do what you want to do. And it's great. It's great television. All right. The Real Housewives of Dubai. Just going to give, like, my overall thoughts so far. Because, like, nothing big has happened. And I honestly think this is going to take a season or two to get rolling. Now, I do think this is probably way too expensive to film and get together. So I'm, I don't think this is going to be like a one hit wonder. Like I think we're going to keep going and people love Caroline Stanberry, including myself. It does feel like half the group are friends, like half barely know each other. So when they come together, it's like kind of odd. I do love how it's produced though. It has like production quality. Like, the camera will, like, hide in a closet or something. But it's just so, like, I think it's so out of, like, our realm of, like, knowledge. Like, I need to do some more research on Dubai. Like, it's kind of, like, I don't know, like, the houses and, like, it's weird. Like, a lot of the Housewives franchises have housekeepers, but it's almost like the way these housekeepers are are different. Like, they are almost, like assistance too like they get them everything they do everything for them it's kind of bizarre 
I also don't understand like this constant driving of like golf carts. Um, like how, why, like why, like is it like if you're like I guess if the apartment's closed, then do you just have a driver drive you in like a golf cart looking thing? Like that's kind of confusing. Um, the one girl, the supermodel, I forget. It's gonna take me a while to remember their names. She seems to just wear like gowns everywhere and. While I like it aesthetically, I'm like, is this normal in Dubai? Like, it might be. Like, not that it's, like, common, but it also might be, like, pretty, like, normal to see a woman dressed like that for lunch. Um, I also need to, like, look up the cost of things. Like, the one bitch spent 1200 bucks on food for Thanksgiving. Like, they're celebrating Thanksgiving last episode. Now that is twelve hundred American dollars. I need to know like how much a turkey costs there. You know, like I need. So what I'm saying is like I need to do more research to figure out how things work in Dubai. So that way, like, I think I can appreciate it a little bit more. The Thanksgiving in the Ferris wheel thing. What the fuck was that? Seriously, like, what the fuck was that? Is that a common occurrence? Like. Do people literally have like parties in those things that just go around and around? I don't think I want to eat a Thanksgiving dinner in a thing that in a, in a Ferris wheel, essentially. That doesn't seem conducive to like when I really want to eat a lot. I also have a problem with um, fancy Thanksgivings. It is a time for leggings. It is a time for a flowy dress, if anything. You need to be able to eat on Thanksgiving. Now, everyone, they're really playing up the Thanksgiving in this episode because, you know, some of them are American. And, like, we just love Thanksgiving. And, again, the supermodel. I need to hold on. Let me look up her name. I can't remember her names for shit this episode. Okay, so it's the Chanel Ion. I think I'm saying Ion, right? It, it's confusing. Crappen's actually talked about this because they call each other by their last names as well. So I knew it started with an A, but I guess first name's, like, Chanel. She's, like... I don't understand this Thanksgiving. I come from Africa where there's colonizers and I don't want to celebrate colonizers. Colonizers. Yeah, we shouldn't. We absolutely shouldn't. I now use this as a time to just show gratitude. You know, gotta always show gratitude and make my homemade stuffing that is so fucking delicious and something I can make constantly because it's so easy. But for whatever reason, I choose to only make it for Thanksgiving every year. And a time for my friends and I to get together and just get drunk and play games and eat. It's actually now turned into my favorite holiday because I don't go home and spend it with family. <laughs> Sorry, fam. But it's just funny because everyone on this show is like, all the women from America are like, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. I remember growing up, we did this, we did this, we did this. Like, cut the shit. Cut the shit. It's... N- it's not your favorite holiday. I can assure you it is not your favorite holiday. Um, I think they're just, again, playing it up because they're in Dubai and they're American. Uh, the grocery store, like I said, she spent 1200 bucks, but that was also interesting because there was like a separate side for non-Muslims for like pork and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and I've also decided I think all the kids are brats. The kids are already playing too much of a role and I don't even think they're five years old. So... Um, if that could stop, that'd be great. Um, there is a constant theme too, of people not really believing Caroline and her fiance, now husband's relationship. I will say, 
I know like age shouldn't matter and it doesn't matter, but like, I just think it does sometimes. And I just think this is what you have to think about. Okay. So this guy's in his twenties. Caroline is almost 50. I think she's in her forties. Maybe not almost 50, but definitely in her forties. Now he's going to wake up one day and he's only going to be in his forties. And she's going to be pushing 70. And that's what you have to think about. Because then at that point, you can't divorce the older person. And this goes for men and women. If you divorce them, you're now an asshole. I mean, they're knocking on death's door and you're going to divorce them? No, doubt it. But you're still hot. You're still young. You're still wanting to go out and have fun. But what's the point, you know? So just that's what I think of. Like now it's great. Like she's still young and spry and beautiful and he's loving it, but he's not going to, I'm telling you, he's not going to love it. Maybe even in 10 years. So I also watched Siesta Key and I think of that with like Madison and Ish for all those (laughs) Siesta Key watchers out there. I don't know if you are like, he's so much older than her. Like you're, you're going to get to a point and like, trust me, I'm already slowing down. I don't need to go out and party all the time, but I like to go out on Saturday. Sometimes I like to day drink. Sometimes I just want to go out for a drink at a bar. Sometimes I want to go to a happy hour. Like that, there's all these things that like you want to do, you know, you want to travel. That's, and it's just going to stop with that person. So that's what I think of. And that was a fucking tangent. But I just think it's, I just don't think it's going to work long term. And I don't really think they needed to get married that quickly. But overall, I know people, I think it's mixed. Some people really like it. Some people don't. I'm enjoying it. I think it's just fun to watch right now. Is there a lot of drama? No, but it's a new franchise. There's not going to be a lot of drama. Um, It's kind of like Salt Lake City. Like, yeah, there was drama, but it was mostly interesting in the beginning because of the religious aspect and also the way it was filmed like the mountains and the fun like fucking scary church music like that's kind of like what made it fun to watch before the drama started and i think the same thing about dubai we just gotta like give it a shot lastly let's talk about beverly hills i mean aside we haven't really gotten into the nitty-gritty of like erica quite yet she's making she's already making some inappropriate comments and acting crazy because of her legs the pro my antidepressants are great like shut the fuck up um lisa rinna being annoying but really the the star of the drama so far is crystal sutton and i'm gonna say kyle so we if you're watching it you know what's going on it's like Crystal was getting into like an argument with somebody, I think Garcelle, and she deflected and said like, well, what Sutton said something else that night and it was really dark and no one knows what she said except me. And they're all like, you know, what the fuck? By you saying something was really dark, it's insinuating that she said like the most racist fucked up shit you could possibly think of. And again, they're like, Crystal, like you're using a weird word, kind of like when she said Sutton violated her last year. Now, I go back and forth on this. Like, I don't know if I have, like, a clear stance of, like, verbiage. Like, if someone feels violated, they are entitled to feel violated. I definitely believe that. But do I also believe that saying someone violated you uh, is over the top? Yes. Like, for what Sun did. 
Like if I, like put yourself in Sutton's position. If you walked in on somebody that you're on a girl's trip with that you see all the time, like yes, you're technically coworkers, but you're also fr- like friends or acquaintances, like you're you're in the same house and someone walks in and says, "Here, like she knocked and said hello and just threw in your jacket." And someone said I violated them. I'd be pretty pissed because that is a strong word and I didn't, I think like violating means like on purpose. Like I, like I do see that whole story. I do. And now she's saying something's dark. And so they're like, dude, like you're making it seem like she literally, I I don't even want to, I can't even give you an example because that would be racist and awful. (laughs) And so Kyle's really honing in on Crystal. They get into this like fight about the gaslighting definition. Now Kyle is gaslighting Crystal. Kyle's a dumbass. I'm over Kyle Richards. I think she's disgusting. I guess I know I know that's a strong word, but I do. Do I think her sisters are crazy? Yes. Do I think Kathy Hilton and Kim Richards are insane and not angels? Yes, I do. But there is a reason that Kyle keeps being on the outs with them. Okay? She brings them on this show and she does all this work behind the scenes to get people to say shit and then she cries and acts anxious and sad and my feelings are hurt after it comes out kyle is the puppet master do not fall for her bullshit do not fall for her anxieties do not fall for her crying she is the one causing all of this and i will go to my grave saying that one of the main reasons i'm kind of over beverly hills and by over i mean i still watch it but like i'm getting really tired of these women is because of kyle because i know she has all these secrets she plays the game she everything's calculated nothing is real and i know like calculated can be a good thing but no like nothing is real with her and she makes nothing real for tv it's all fake and it's all calculated so she's trying to pull this shit out Basically, it turns out that the dark thing Sutton said was the day after she said, I don't see color. And they had that argument. She was like, you know, I looked out one day and I saw my daughter in the jacuzzi with her, uh, with a black girl, a Chinese girl, and a redheaded girl. And I said, you know, this is what it should be like. And Crystal goes, well, you know, that's not enough, right? And that was the conversation in question. And that is what we're made to believe was the dark statement that Crystal said. and. Sutton says that at the table and Crystal just looks pretty like defeated and is like, I'm sorry, like whatever, and tries to like change the subject. Or not change the subject, but end it. So whatever. The women like heckled Crystal to say that. They're like getting Sutton all fired up. Um, but then Crystal went on Watch What Happens Live and said that actually wasn't what Sutton said, but whatever. She says Sutton knows what she said because we talked about it and she apologized, and that wasn't it, but so then she's doing it again on Watch What Happens Live. Like, look, I if if she said something bad or not is is one thing. Terrible. But if they talked about it and she apologized and she moved on, great. That's the whole point. That's why cancel culture doesn't exist and shouldn't exist because she apologized, learned, and moved on. But Crystal shouldn't have brought it up. She shouldn't have been like, well, you don't know what she said. If if she wasn't going to elaborate. Like, and again, she's doing it on Watch what Happens Live again. So there's just like this like feud now between everyone like Crystal's putting up all these like cryptic messages on or these like weird captions on Instagram and Garcelle's like what's with the cryptic captions and like Sutton's commenting. So they're definitely a little at odds. And Sutton did say something interesting. She's like, you know, you keep doing this with your friends. You have these friends 
and then you're not they don't want to be friends with you anymore because you only care about being friends with like the most like influential or powerful person in the group and so lisa rinna says that she also has heard that rumor before and you know i like crystal but we also have to like remember that like crystal has had her very bitchy moments but i always thought it was kind of like funny but I don't know. I like her. I hope she comes around. I am kind of like discouraged by the Instagram comments from Garcelle and Sutton because that makes me think that they're fighting again, even though like it seemed like they weren't in the beginning of this season, like off camera. So we'll see where it goes. Sutton loses her shit next week. And then we should start to get into this like Erica being fucked up all the time shit. Um, I don't know. I'm just like not into it. Like, again, I watch it. It's, like, good enough to watch, but, like, I just don't want to watch Erica. Like, it's sick to me that she's on our TV screen making jokes about being poor when, like, she still is going in private jets and, like, has, like, sugar daddies and people still don't have their money. Like, it's just gross to me. Okay, guys, now it's time for the witchy shit. So we've talked about something like this before, but I just kind of wanted to bring it back um, with the full moon that just happened. It kind of prompted me to do some of these things. I don't know why, but like, well, I do probably have a few reasons why, but the last few months I've just been feeling like really heavy. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm a pretty positive person day to day, but then there's also like this lingering negativity I keep holding on to. I find myself getting annoyed easily. I find myself just, I don't know, just being negative about things, kind of being like miserable about certain things. And I feel like I am pretty, like I said, I do feel like I'm good about being positive, but you know when you can just feel it? Well, I feel it. And I want to go into summer and the nice weather with a good attitude. I have good things happen when you're in a good attitude and you have positivity. I've seen it happen to me personally. I've seen it happen to other people personally. And then on the flip side of that, I've also seen it happen to negative people. Negative people always seem, you know, when it rains, it pours. And I just think it's sometimes because people are just negative or like down all the time or like, woe is me. And like, I just, I feel just like a cloud over me. So with like the full moon last night, you can still do it. They always say like you can harness the moon's energy for like a few days after it's in its state. You write down things you want to release as we do with full moons. We haven't talked about that in a while, but again, with full moons, you release. So from now until the new moon, we want to release anything that's not serving us, whether that's a person, a thing, a feeling, a mood you release it. We don't want to manifest right now um, because it's not the right energy to manifest. Once the new moon hits, we can then start manifesting until again, that full moon again. So with the full moon, one thing you can do, and you can do this anytime, but like it's usually again in this cycle from full to new moon, we want to write down a piece of paper, things we're trying to release. And it can be anything like I want to release this negative energy. I want to release intrusive thoughts. Um, you know, not believing in myself, insecurities, fear, whatever. Put on a piece of paper and then burn it. So that's one thing you can do. But I'm going to go through articles from wellandgood.com, which are seven ways to get rid of negative energy according to the chakra system. 
So again, like the chakra, we've talked about the chakra a few times on here before as well. We have these different like energy sources and they're like the chakras in our body and chakras can get blocked. Um, They can get, which causes like the flow of energy through our bodies to not flow appropriately. Things get stuck and each chakra represents different things. Um, So we'll just read through this uh, intro and then the seven tips. So the concept of bad vibes is a sensation that resonates with many people, no matter the circumstance in which they might arise. Perhaps you walk into a room and a disconcerted feeling washes over you. Or maybe you spend too much time with a negative person and find that 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 their energy makes you feel down too. Or maybe you're the one who's feeling off for no apparent reason and you're looking for a way to lighten things up physically, mentally, and emotionally. As a method of discovering and processing where that energy originates, you might turn to the fundamental principles of the chakras, which refers to the degrees of consciousness in the form of energy at different points of your body. So you can picture your chakras like wheels of energy in the body, which can either spin in balance or out of balance. If a chakra is spinning too fast, that would be considered overactive. If it's spinning too slowly, it's underactive. And the flow of that energy is determined by our thoughts, feelings, memories, and experiences. So we tend to notice that energy more keenly when it feels negative, perhaps manifesting as exhaustion, anger, helplessness, or jealousy. That's one thing too. Like, I just feel like when I'm in a good space, like energetically, again, I'm journaling a lot. I'm cleansing my house a lot. I'm cleansing myself a lot. I'm using my crystals. Um... I just, I do feel like a different energy. I feel more alive, more awake. And then when you're, when I'm kind of feeling like, like I said, stuck or clogged or down, like obviously like that turns into just like exhaustion. Now, a lot of these things can be rooted in unprocessed traumas, emotional wounds, limiting beliefs. For me, limiting beliefs is a huge one. Personally, I obviously have like underlying anxieties and worries that I know come from like my past. Um, and I know trauma can sound like a weird big word. It doesn't have to be huge, but like past traumas can cause like your anxieties that you have now. But if the energy is present in a space, it's possible to feel it, even if it doesn't stem from your own body. So we all feel and respond to each other's vibrations, even if we're not aware of it. Just as we have energy present in our bodies, so too each of our bodies is surrounded by a field of constantly changing energy. And when negative energy from someone else interacts with your field, it makes you feel upset, anxious, or off balance. And that's true. I, I don't know. I've been saying that since college before I was even really like into this shit. Like I could go to a party with a hundred people and know immediately the people I didn't like or the people that were off or the people that I didn't like vibe with. And I still do it to this day. Like, I'm not mean to people. Like, I give people a chance. I'll hang out with them. But I, I'm pretty good at, like, reading people. And I feel like most of the time I'm right. Sometimes I'm not. I swear, like, one out of ten, one out of ten times I'm not right. And I was, just being in, I was just being a bitch that day. But you can feel the energy of people. Like, you can feel vibes of people. And you can kind of, like, tell what's going on there. So we have different types of negative energy stored in our chakras, and these are the, ty- the types. So one is negative self-talk and self-stories. The main negative energy that is typically observed in people when balancing chakras comes from ourselves. 
which totally believe. People are like, I'm stupid. I shouldn't have done that. What's wrong with me? Any of that shit. That is negative self-talk. Another one is negative energy that comes from cultural programming. So they're kind of like these parameters that were set in our lives of how we should behave or should act. Um, And we get that from like the cultural around us. So if you were taught that women shouldn't be so expressive, that might be a blockage in your throat chakra. My throat chakra, when I went to get Reiki, which I say this all the time, I need to go back. It was so good. My throat chakra was blocked. And that just means you have a hard time kind of like maybe expressing yourself or expressing how you feel, which I typically do. Um, This could also, I feel like, be like almost also like religious trauma. Like if you have programming because of like, you know, a faith you were brought up in or something like that, that could apply. Another one is ancestral programming that stems from your lineage. So sometimes what our ancestors go through have an effect on what we're going through now. Uh, Family members often talk about their thoughts and experiences and emotions. And because we tend to feed off of the energy of others, when we hear these stories, it can affect our chakras. So even something like that can give us negative energy. And the last one is unaddressed emotions. As we go through life, we have experiences that affect us, affect the quality and quantity of energy within the chakras. And because our feelings affect the choices we make, the same as our choices influence how energy moves in our bodies, um, it builds up as negative energy and affects the health and fatality of us. So here are some signs that you're storing negative energy. You could have an affected mood, be in a bad mood. You could literally get physical symptoms. you could be having like headaches, pains. Honestly, like a lot of times, like if you have a pain in your body and you're healthy and everything looks fine, the doctor says everything's fine. Like a lot of times you do need to just get like your energy worked out. You need to be in a better headspace. Like people really underestimate mental health. Obviously this whole fucking country does, but if your mental health isn't right, it affects everything that goes on in your body. You could have sleep issues and exhaustion. And it could also affect your relationships. So let's get to the good stuff. How do we get rid of this negative energy using our chakra system? So the first one, rethink the quote unquote negative framework. So even if it feels negative, this kind of energy is not exactly bad, but instead considered shadowed or imbalanced. Shadow only means that we have not shined the light on these issues and these shadows become more noticeable in others when we have not done the work ourselves. It suggests fr- they suggest framing your mindset to consider the shadow energy as a present for a reason. It's going to help you grow and it's going to help you release unhelpful pre- preconceptions. So to do this, ask yourself questions about the negative emotions you feel and then journal about them in order to bring them into awareness. So doing this will raise the outer layers of your energetic field as well as help align the chakras. Another helpful avenue is breath work. It's a great way to feel the process of the emotion rather than just dismissing it as negative. It helps the emotion move through you and release. So when you pivot from a negative framework to a learning perspective, it becomes easier because you're not afraid of the undesired energy. It can ultimately help you make a plan for how to be in alignment with yourself and your values so that you can release the negative energy and prevent it from happening altogether. So that makes sense. So when you start to feel these negative feelings, sometimes like I just, I mean, personally, like it's hard sometimes to know where they come from. 
But I think a lot of people know if, if things are negative or they're in a bad mood or things are holding them back, they know where it comes from. So when these negative ideas or feelings come up in real time, switch it to being a learning mechanism instead of like a sad mechanism. Um, like she said, journal about it. Um, journal the feeling you're feeling and why you're feeling it. And it'll just help help you work through it. So instead of being sad and down, like they said, it's like a learning experience. Detach yourself from energy that isn't yours is number two. So setting healthy boundaries is a key way to steer clear of situations that could provoke negative feelings internally or put you in a presence of them for other people. It's okay to say no to that person, that event, or that favor if it's something that doesn't align with your current energy. I mean, we all need to say no. I did a thing like last year where I was like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. And I think I've fallen back into the thing of saying yes to everything. But I feel like I've wanted to do most of what I said yes to. But saying no, especially as we get older, is like so important. Like we don't have the energy we once had. You might not be as close to the friends that you were the closest with. Like you might just not want to do something. You might just want to like have a you day and sit on the couch. Like it's okay to say no. Like, no thanks because, and I think you'd be surprised of how, like, accepting people are of that. And if they're not, then they really don't care about your feelings, your mental health, and, like, what you want to do. You can set energetic boundaries, too, um, to avoid processing other people's negative vibes. So you can ask yourself, what feelings are mine and what feelings am I taking on? That may, that's actually good. Like, am I really mad or am I mad because this person is in a bad mood and making me mad? Um, so that's a good one to kind of like constantly remember. Um, the other one, another one, practice a chakra balance meditation. The meditation always comes up and I just, I need to, I need to do it. I'm so bad at it. Um, start by visualizing the wheels of energy along the spine. So that's the whole thing with chakra is if, if you do visualize like Google chakras in the body and you'll always get like a diagram and it does help. Like even when the Reiki healer was working on me, like to visualize the chakras, you'd be surprised how much that visualization like actually really helps. So if you do visualize these wheels of energy along your spine, um, it can help. So you have the red root chakra at the base of the spine, the orange sacral chakra at the pelvic area, yellow solar plexus in the stomach, green heart chakra at the center of the heart, blue chakra in the neck, indigo third eye chakra in your forehead, and white crown chakra above your scalp. Bring these different color placements to your mind, breathing into each one, giving yourself permission to expand the energy with your breath. This will help you develop a relationship with your chakras. And I was about to say this too. They're talking about crystals. You can incorporate crystals that line with your chakra. So basically any color crystal that matches with the color of the chakra, you can hold them. You can literally place them on your body. So if you're laying down, get a red crystal, orange, yellow, whatever. If you don't just, or pick what you have, um, put them on those chakras and just breathe, put on some meditative music, visualize your chakras opening up and moving asynchronously throughout your body. And just get in tune with your body that way. Incorporate mindfulness moments throughout the day. Um, Throughout the day, take a moment to pause, feel your feet, uh, connect to the ground, place your hand on your belly button, take three deep breaths. Mindfulness can help you release negative thoughts by helping you fully engage with the present moment. 
one in which the anxieties or worries of tomorrow don't exist. That's a good idea. I do try to do that, especially with working from home. I try to get up and like go for a walk or just take a take a breather, get up from my desk, stretch. Um, breathing's a big one that I just don't do. Like obviously I breathe to like stay alive, but <laughs> like no, like I just I think there is a lot to that and that helps with meditating as well. Of like that even just the motion of putting your hand on your stomach and your other hand on your heart and taking deep breaths and feeling your the air go through your body. There's just really something to that. Spend time in nature. Um, this is one that I know works just from my camping days. We were actually just talking about this at a friend's house. I haven't been camping in like two or three summers, mostly because we've either been busy or the fire bans have been so bad that we can't have like a fire and like not having a fire when you camp sucks. But there is, I know for a fact that being out in nature is extremely healing. Like you feel so good. Like the air feels different. You're connecting to the ground. The energy is amazing um, and it's restorative and it just really invigorates your body. And when you leave the nature and go back to your day to day, you feel like you have such an energy boost. Like, are you tired from the hike? Are you tired from camping? Yes. But like energetically, you feel great. Um, But, you know, a simple walk down like up in through a park or a street that has a lot of trees and foliage and it's just beautiful. That can help, too. Um, practice visualization to channel more positive energy. Um, this person says they often imagine themselves being surrounded and protected in a beautiful warm light that holds all the wisdom, sweetness, and love from the universe. And they like, like to visualize their entire body filling up with this light, every cell being bathed in it. So that's another thing that my, when I got Reiki did, they, she was like, imagine like a ball of, of heat, like a white ball of warmth circling every part of your body to warm it up and I did and it it really does help so if you visualize yourself having a healing energy pouring through your body and traveling through your spine you can start to feel your body parts get warm that's what I just said or you might feel tingling or even pressure like visualization is a really great technique for manifesting like I want to visualize my dream house and my dream city and my dream whatever that's like a good way to visualize when you're manifesting, but you would be surprised how visualization can really help when you are trying to meditate and get energy flowing through your body. You really can feel parts of your body warm up. And what, again, what the person told me was imagine like a ball of white light, just like a size of like a little like golf ball circling your body, you know, circling your ankles up through your legs, circling your waist, and you'd be surprised. The last one is saying affirmations to yourself. I also am terrible at this. I need to do this. I need to just like write down five solid affirmations that don't make me like cringe at myself and say them in the mirror every day. And I just haven't done it. Um, And you have to say them in the present tense. So I am at ease. I am beautiful. I am strong. Um, You definitely don't want to have any negative words in there. Um, You can say affirmations that relate to your chakras and what you know is blocked. So you can say, you know, if your throat chakra is blocked, I'm able to speak the things that I feel. So let's all do some positive affirmations. I need to do that. Um, But I thought that was good. I feel like the world's been shit too. That's also been bringing me down. 
Um, we talked about, you know, the shooting the last episode and how I was just literally just crying all week before that. <laughs> like things just haven't been great, whether it's in my personal life or the world life. And it's really easy to push things down, push, 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 but then eventually they're going to come back up. And I think that's, I don't think it's not, it's not like it's going to boil over right now for me, but you just, we all know the feeling. You just feel like a cloud, like it's just like a cloud's above me, or you can feel like a lurking thing that could potentially just like come up one day. So I'm definitely going to practice these to get my energy right. Cause I know I have the, the, uh, ability to be really positive because that's typically the way I am. And then with positive energy comes like really powerful manifesting and, you know, really powerful ways of, you know, utilizing the law of attraction. So I'm going to do these, you should do these. And l- again, let's go into this summer fucking having the best time ever. Okay, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Again, sorry I took a week off. I don't have any plans from like until August. So we should be good. And even in August, I feel like we should be good because my plans in August are just like weekend plans. So apologies for missing a week. Again, if I do any recaps of Plathville on my Patreon, I will share them with you guys. Please go rate and review the podcast. Please. Like like Spotify and Apple, please. I don't care what you put just make it good. Um, I can't remember if I said this already. Share with your friends. I don't know. Either way, share with your friends. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining this pop culture coven and we'll talk next week. Love you. Bye.